Hello, and welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Over the next half hour, we are going to be climbing in the trenches of grief. Tracy and I will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. We're going to laugh and cry as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable. So get your boots on, it's going to be messy. Good morning. Good, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy Emma's mom. And I am Julie Gus's mom. And on the phone we have Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Hi. Whose mama are you? Um, I am Evan and Nora's mama. They are my uh, Earth Earth children. <laughs> Aww. And who do you have names for your non-living children? I do. Um, Alex, Taylor, and Fiona. Aw, Fiona. I love that name. I too. <laughs> and Alex Tanner. Okay, so where did you grow up, Trisha? Um, I grew up in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, which is actually where I currently reside um, with my husband, our kids, and we have a dog and a cat, uh, Maisie and Minerva. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have the best names. <laughs> um, what's your husband's name? Corey. Corey. Did you leave Fitchburg for a minute in your life and come back? Or have you been? Um, I did. There? I went to college in Platteville, Wisconsin, which is only about an hour away, so it's not too far. But that's actually where I met my husband, and uh, then we moved after graduation back, basically to our hometown. So, so he's from there also, but you guys met he's, at college. Well, he's from Cross Plains, but it's basically about you know, 25 minutes away, it's still considered kind of like a suburb of Madison, which is like the bigger city that we're close to. Okay. Um, when did you guys talk about getting married or when did, when did that happen? Um, we talked about it pretty quickly. So my husband, um, about a year into our relationship was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm. So he, um, you know, did two surgeries, then did some chemo. Wow. And basically we kind of decided pretty quick that we, we knew we wanted to like spend the rest of our lives together. Oh, so. Wow. That's a challenge. <laughs> that is, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a heavy chapter. Yeah. Yeah. We've been through a lot together. It's yeah. kind of crazy because we're, you know, not even really that old. So. Mm. so what year did you get married? Uh, 2014. So all of this was happening before you got married, though, right? Um, yeah. So all of the, the brain tumor stuff it was initially diagnosed before we got married. Um, but then he did have a recurrence in 2016. And that was kind of when we decided, okay, you know what, we're going we're gonna to officially start to try to have kids. So 2016, he had his uh, technically third surgery. Um, but then we decided to start trying. Uh, we got pregnant with my son, Evan, right away, which was amazing. Um, we were thrilled that it happened so quickly because we also thought we were going to have to store some sperm. Mm. So we did end up doing that before his surgery. But, um, yeah, we really lucked out um, with not having to really try for very long. Um, also, can you speak to does chemotherapy um, lessen sperm count if I'm correct it or? does yeah mm -hmm. so is that what where you guys were headed when you say free sperm yes um we no doctors really talked to him the first time around with his first surgeries and everything when he was initially diagnosed which was really troubling to us when we kind of researched it later on because 
that was obviously something we would have done right away. Yeah. And, and that's sort of like the number um, one thing that pops up maybe. Yeah. Right. It's not like down the list of, I mean, mm-hmm. it should be top priority when you're yeah. looking at a couple that's young and talking, talking about a future. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely. Should be up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we actually spoke to some doctors since then um, at the, it's called Generations Fertility, which is the local fertility place that we went to um, after a couple of our losses to get tested to see if, you know, one of us was mm. a problem, basically. Sure. Um, but yeah, they were surprised that no one had ever said anything the first time around. They were like, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get pregnant with Evan in 2016? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what was that pregnancy like? It was a breeze. Um, So easy. I never got sick. He he ended up being two weeks early. So, you know, we, like, naturally two weeks early. That's great. Um, I actually also learned that I have precipitous labors, which are very, very, very fast. So he... My water broke with him at 10.45 at night, and he was born at 12.32 a.m. Wow. wow. Yeah. Trisha. Love that. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> you, made, you made it to the hospital? Okay, but, like, that's oh, kind of no, scary clearly. for your first pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a total shock. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember being on, like, in the triage area and being like, okay, I really – have never been through this but I really feel like the baby's coming like now right and she she looked at me like I was crazy and she was just like no I think we have time and I was like no I don't think so can we get an epidural because this hurts a lot yeah (laughs) is that a thing that um does that um like happen then in in all of your pregnancies or is it just like a one time okay so if you are precipitous yes um then you are Yep, it's just really, really fast. I think it's under three hours is the like technical uh, time. Wow. But I've never heard of the term, <laughs> but that is also how my labors go. Is there any I, test very that, fast. Is, that is run to f- figure that yeah. out? Or nope, it's just like on the fly. So. Okay, great. No, I just think we remember the doctor being like, if you're going to have another pregnancy, you need to be at the hospital when yeah. your water breaks. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll make that happen. Yeah. I know. I'll schedule I'm that so in. <laughs> it's a terrifying experience, especially yeah. because like I had never been through it before. So I was expecting to have this like, you know, 24 hour yes, long Yes, and I was just going to say, I mean, sure you could speak yeah. to like, as your first pregnancy, you have the whole, like, I don't know what this my labor is going to be like, and I might have to be, yes. you hear those right. horrible stories of mom, like 30 hour labor. Yes. And, yeah. and it's, so you mm-hmm. kind of go into that probably. You pack two overnight I can't bags. speak for you, but I, I did as well. Went into it like that. Okay. So Evan came out at 38 Bango, weeks. bango. He was here. <laughs> yes. And, um, no complications. And you went home and started a yeah. life with a baby. Yep. Pretty much. Um, afterwards was pretty simple um we adjusted quickly i was able to breastfeed and i had like a surplus of milk so um it was really great it was it really couldn't have been any better to be honest Mm -hmm. i mean i remember having like a week-long period of you know the baby blues but that passed quickly and then you know we kind of just settled into life as a family of three and um my son is literally the spitting image of his dad. So, you know, everywhere we'd went, it was just like, oh, he's a little Corey. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the husband mini me. Yeah. I got one yes. of those. <laughs> yeah, um, what, how, you probably had the conversation quickly, not quickly, but having another one, you had mm-hmm. some different circumstances that would require that. Yeah. 
Yeah, we knew we wanted um, at least two. So when Evan was, I think, yeah, he had just turned two years old. And we decided, okay, you know what? Um, His birthday's right around Christmas. So we were like, at the new year, that's going to be our goal is having kid number two. So in January, you know, right away, we decided to start trying again. And it happened again where I got pregnant, like, right away, which was amazing. And so we were so lucky for that. Um, And then about a week into knowing that I was pregnant, I kind of started to get, um, like, kind of cramps on and off here and there. But, you know, I talked to my doctor, and they were like, that's normal, you know, like, it's just kind of when the beginning of pregnancy happens, you know, like implantation and everything, you could have some cramping. So I was like, okay, I guess this is normal, even though I didn't have it the first time around. Um, and then my, let's see, I was at work and I went to the bathroom and I was feeling fine that day, but I went to wipe and there was just a little spot of blood. Um, and it wasn't even like red blood. It was very, very light pink. So I was like, huh, that doesn't even look like blood. I wonder what's going on. But I was like, I'm going to call the doctor just to be sure. And I called the doctor and they were kind of like, you know, spotting can be normal, but if you want to, we have, you know, an opening for like the next day to come in. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. So later that day I started to have intense cramps and I was like, okay, I need to go into the ER because something's wrong. So I went to the ER and they did a blood test um, to, you know, check HCG levels. Mm -hmm. And the ER doctor came in and he was like, I just wanted to let you know, you know, like the levels really aren't as high as they should be considering how far along you think you are. And so he basically was like, I would prepare for a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really, you know, a sad thing, but I went home and my husband and I talked about it. We were like, it happens. We know it happens more than, you know, people mm. think it does. So we were like, you know what, we're just going to try again and uh, not not wiped our hands of the loss, but basically just like it happens. Let's try again. And that baby will always be in our heart. Mm. And so we waited a couple months and to, to basically just to kind of get our head straight. So then we started trying again. And can I um, stop you there oh, and have you speak absolutely. to what that looked like for you guys, like the experiencing the early term pregnancy loss? Um, I, I was more devastated than my husband. He, he's a very scientific person. So he was like this, you know, this happens and it's nothing either of us did. It was just probably something wrong with a chromosome somewhere. And again, it's not anything that's as rare as people think it is so it should be easy to get pregnant again and the odds of that being a successful pregnancy are high I think after a pregnancy loss just because they're not uncommon but multiple losses are so I think you know a lot of people end up after miscarriage after one miscarriage going on to have a healthy baby and Mm -hmm. it's it's just something that is upsetting but also it happens and there are women who talk about it like me I'm very open about it but there are also women who understandably don't want to talk about it so I I feel like for me I like talking about it just because it helps get it you know off my shoulders like it feels like a weight off them and just 
to reassure other women too that you know I've been there I know what it's like it's horrible it's the worst feeling in the world but you know I wanted to I want to give people hope because I did end up having my rainbow so yeah so what year was that that was 20 oh gosh 2019 yes 2019 so did you feel alone during that time just emotionally um during that one I didn't um I felt like we both were you know on the same page about it that it just sucks but it happened would would you say that yeah I was gonna say would you say that miscarriage wasn't really like you didn't surround yourself like friends of yours didn't have any miscarriages at the time or early term losses that you knew about or was Mm -hmm. it more of like your goggles were on that you guys wanted to expand your family and it was like yes okay this is happening but like what do we have to do to the get to the next step because I know I've heard many lost moms kind of talk about that it's like it was very lost game goal but we didn't I mean we didn't have to sit and process it the way we thought we needed to because we still wanted a baby. So we were still trying Mm -hmm. to conceive and have have a a living baby. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that definitely was the biggest thing with that first loss was Mm -hmm. very much like, all right, get back on the horse. You know, like Mm -hmm. you have, like you said, you have one goal in mind and you got to do what you got to do to get there. And that was sort of our thought process too. And you're parenting a living baby too. And yes, lots of layers. Yeah. So you started trying again? Mm-hmm. Um, we started trying. We, we did wait a couple months now that I remember right. Um, we just kind of, I think the idea of it was, you know, like, yes, we really, really do want a second baby and we want to do it as soon as we can. But I also, I think, wasn't really sure how soon after I could start trying again. And so I think we ended up getting pregnant in May um, of that same year. And it was, again, one of those things where, got pregnant relatively quickly um and at that point we were sort of like you know focused on like like the first pregnant or the first um loss was sort of like in the rearview mirror you know we were like so excited when we got pregnant again and um I that one I was more open about um especially you know with other people um I immediately told my mom she was she's always the first person I tell Mm -hmm. Um, she's known about more pregnancies like she's been the first person to know even before my husband sometimes (laughs) which is terrible okay but she's my best friend so you know she she was not able to have uh, biological children of her own and I was adopted so I feel like part of me was excited to also share that with her um, that we were kind of like yeah, going through it together. like together for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that second one, I definitely was telling a lot of people about, and I was just, you know, we were really excited and things seemed to be going well. Um, we had a couple appointments with my OB, uh, early on, mainly just because, you know, we'd had a loss, so they were very sensitive to that, um, you know, just, just how emotional you get and how worried you get. Um, so we did a, a handheld Doppler. So it was like, it mm-hmm. looked like a little like eighties television screen in your hand. And it's mm-hmm. like just this black and white blob. And we were really excited to hear the heartbeat and everything. And then 
a week later, um, it just kind of all fell apart. So I, again, started having some cramping. Um, I was like, okay, this, this seems off. So they got me in, we did an ultrasound and, you know, I, that was the first real ultrasound I was going to have. So I was very excited to, you know, see the baby and have everything, you know, going well and knowing that we could leave there and know that things were good. And, you know, the ultrasound tech who we actually knew, um, my husband had gone to school with her and she had actually been the one who did the, um, anatomy scan of our son. So we were excited that, you know, she was able to be there for, for this pregnancy again. And I still remember her words and she was just like, I'm really sorry, but there's no heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And that is when like, you know, you feel like your whole like world is falling apart. Your chest, mm-hmm. you know, your heart's being ripped out of your chest. Mm-hmm. And I just lost it. And my poor husband, he was there. Um, he was just like holding me while I was sobbing and it was really, really emotional because, you know, you go through that first loss. And like I said, I was very much like, okay, I'm an analytical person, scientific person. I get what happens. It's a one-off, but two in a row, I was like, something's wrong. (laughs) There has to be something wrong because I know it happens to some women, but it's rare. And I, I was very, very concerned at that point. Like alarm how, bells started how going far off. How long were you at that time? I, I believe I was about eight or nine weeks. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was further than the last one. So I thought for sure, you know, it's okay. But, um, that one was a little harder to get over. Um, I, I actually had to take, um, medicine, to have the um, contents removed from my uterus. Um, I chose not to do a DNC just because, um, I don't know, I, I got it into my head that like the, the scraping and stuff down there would cause scar tissue and then I'd have an even harder time getting pregnant and staying pregnant. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to let it do its thing naturally. Um, well, with the medicine. But um, that basically ended up with me being in bed with the most intense cramps I've ever had and for like three days I was bed bound and pretty much just bleeding constantly um and yeah that one took me quite a while to get over uh not that I ever got over it but how old was Evan at that time like three Evan was yes no sorry he was two um he was still two uh this was about June June or July, I think of, I was, I was about two months, I think, um, along. So, you know, like we were excited. They seemed like they were going to have a good distance and age apart. And, you know, we didn't want them to have a huge gap. Although now that there is one, we like it because he can help. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. he probably saw, um, you know, mama, you were in bed for three days. He was probably confused. Yeah. Didn't really know know what was going on, but could tell they could sense something. Yeah, for sure. My parents are angels, though. They decided they were going to, like, step in, and they took him for the whole weekend, so Aww. it was just my husband and I at home, and yeah, pretty much just binge-watch TV all weekend yeah. between sobbing and eating, so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
It does take a, a whole team. Yeah, it takes a village. Get, yeah, a mom. Absolutely. This. Yeah. So, what were your doctors saying at that point? Um, at that point, the doc, the one doctor I had been talking to, was very much like, well, two isn't really that big of a deal. And I was like, well, that's what you said about one. I just and... did the biggest eye roll. <laughs> yeah, eye right. Roll. <laughs> I, I like. I'm a Googler. I Google everything. I Google all my symptoms. I'm definitely Dr. Google. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, I have a, an aunt that's a doctor and I am You ask Dr. Google first and then you, yeah. yeah, you run it by the aunt who's yeah. the real doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she always is just like, okay, you need to calm down though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yes, I, I Google everything. So, you know, I, I Googled the statistics. I knew exactly what they were i knew that this was not normal and i was just like fed up so we well actually we waited about a month in between um the loss and when we tried again but i did have a, a hysteroscopy in there mm. where Basically, they go in, they flush your fallopian tubes, they check everything out with this dye, mm -hmm. and they make sure that nothing weird is going on in there. So, did that. They were like, everything looks great. So, I was like, okay, um, Corey, maybe we should uh, figure out if, if there's something on your end. So, he was like, absolutely. He went to the uh, Generations Fertility, and they basically said the same thing. Um, his counts were like a little lower but not like crazy low and considering that he'd only ever done oral chemo we thought maybe like you know maybe that's why they were a little bit lower but nothing detrimental just because you know um the the counts were just good I mean they weren't they weren't anything terrible at all so they were like you know you don't need IVF you don't need to do like IUI you should be able to just try again and at that point I was just like okay well I guess that's what we'll do so hey, here we go yeah yeah so then um Halloween was when we conceived um our daughter Nora and her twin sister Fiona okay I can't wait to hear that okay story. we're gonna take a quick yep. break we'll be right back <laughs> We hope you are enjoying this podcast. If you would like more information on Emma's Footprints, please visit our website at emmasfootprints.com. To all of the families on their grief journey, we see you, we support you, and we remember your babies. You are not alone. Okay, we're back. So you said October of 2019, you got pregnant with Fiona and Nora. Yes. Um that pregnancy first of all were you well, shocked that yes. they were twins yes what? oh my gosh yes absolutely <laughs> what did you find um, out you were pregnant and have twins in the same day uh no okay. uh so <laughs> the the road is always a little rocky with me so uh you know found out i was pregnant i decided my husband and i were drinking wine we were just like having a wine night and i was like you know we've been trying and I get pregnant fast. So I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. So, you know, mid sip of wine, I'm sitting there <laughs> taking a test and I, I'll, that's two pink lines. So I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, immediately pour the wine down the drink and yell for Corey to come in. And, He's and finishing we, your glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
yeah, we were both so excited and we were like, okay, this is the one, this is the one, this is going to be the one that's, you yep. know, got can't happen to, can't us. happen to us again. Right. Right. So we, you know, immediately told our family again, just because we're very close with both of our families. So it's, it was something that even if something had gone wrong, we wanted them to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I scheduled my ultrasound, um, first one and with the losses I've had, you know, they were like, yeah, yeah, come on in. So we go in and the lady, the ultrasound woman was like, how far along did you say you think you were? And I was like, um, I mean, I think about like six or seven weeks. I know it's like pretty early, but I was always able to see on an ultrasound like that early before. So I wasn't like super worried. And she's looking around and looking around and she's like, I, I feel like I see something, but it looks like it's on the edge of something else. And I was like, does this lady even know what she's talking about? Mm -hmm. And so she calls in someone else to look at the images and he comes in the room and he looks at them again and he goes, I think that there might be a sack that is like very oddly shaped. That's kind of on the edge of the uterus. And I was like, Awesome. So basically this probably means I'm having some sort of miscarriage or oh I'm not gosh. pregnant at all. And he was like, yeah, you know, why don't you go home, take it easy, come back in two weeks. Like that would be no big deal. Like, mm. okay. Oh yeah. Let me just do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no <laughs> anxiety. For the next it's two weeks. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like he clearly did yeah. not understand how big of an emotional wreck I would be right. for the next two weeks. So somehow I make it through. I don't know how, but I did. And we go back again. And, you know, obviously when it's that early, that's, those are the times when it's the toughest, I feel like, for me and especially others who've gone through loss because you don't even know what's going on in there. Right. You know, you yeah. can't feel the baby. You don't even have any sort of bump whatsoever. Right. So I lay down on the exam table. She warms up the jelly, puts it on my stomach, and goes, oh my gosh, did you? Because she, <laughs> at first we were that was a good her statement the in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. an opening yeah. statement. <laughs> at first, we had told her kind of the whole backstory that this was kind of really concerning to us, and how nervous I was because at that point I had gotten PTSD from laying on an ultrasound table. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like, I'm really nervous. So just you know let me hear the heartbeat like right away and then you can get on to all your other measurements you need to do. And, uh, so she had, she had known that I had gone through losses and she goes, did you guys do like IVF or something for this oh, you had losses? And I was like, no, why? And she was just like, well, you're having twins. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what? And we both immediately like, heads jerk up and look at the screen and there they are sure enough like oh my god they're they're really small but they're there you can see two and, of them yeah and so we were just in total shock i mean it was one of those moments where like i started shaking a little bit i felt like the adrenaline rush through me it was an exciting moment i was like wow you know it's like when that whole saying where it's like when you close a door you open a window or something like that yeah. that's how it felt it was like you know we'd been through so much but now we get blessed with two, two yeah so we were super pumped we were like oh my gosh how are we gonna do this because that's 
Yeah. It's crazy. A lot. It's a lot of work. I mean, one is a lot of work. Right. And so we were just thinking about all the financial things we were going to have to figure out. Double and, times and, two. Everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost <laughs> yeah. like it changes your, your vehicle. It changes. Like yes. it's not, it's not just the concept of having two. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just every aspect yeah. of your yeah. life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we were super excited, but on our way out, um, the doctor was like, Oh, and just so you know, like, we don't really see, like, a line separating them. We see that they're in, like, you know, one sack. But if there's a membrane separating them, then that's fine. And um, everything, you know, will be more normal. But if there's no membrane separating them, then you have what's called a MOMO pregnancy. And basically, if you get far enough along the babies can strangle each other with their umbilical cords because there's no way of separating them. So they're just kind of like floating around with basically cords. So it's, it's really dangerous. And, um, a lot of times one twin will take away um, nutrients from the other. So you're having to do what's called twin to twin transfusion at like 20 weeks. I mean, it's, it's a lot. They even were talking about how, like, I would eventually need to go on bed rest in the hospital for, like, the last five months of my pregnancy. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I Um, mean, at this point, that's not confirmed. Nothing's confirmed yet. You don't know. mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just like, this could be. Yeah. They said that it was early enough where, like, the membrane just wouldn't be able to be seen yet. And also, they did end up referring to us, uh, us to the hospital where they have better equipment. So that was where we went for the next appointment. And that was when they found that there was a membrane separating them. So it would have, you know, been great. They, we wouldn't have had to worry about the Momo part, but that was also when they found that one twin was no longer, the heart was no longer beating. And I was, I was upset. I, I really, really, really was. But at that point, my brain sort of went into like this survival mode where I was like, I, I still have one. I still have one. You know, yeah. I'm like, it, like, I'm like the dad in Finding Nemo where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like holding my babies on are gone, one but minute. I have one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like I didn't grieve um, my daughter's twin for a really long time because I just kept my focus on my daughter, like the one that was left. Um, I didn't end up doing the work, um, for that trauma until after she was born, um, pretty well after actually, because it was just so exciting to have her here and okay. And so I just kind of pushed it out of my mind for a long time. Um, and that was another thing too, is when you have had loss before, you never, it doesn't matter how far you get, like, you're constantly worried. You're constantly, yeah, yeah. like, in a panic and a fear that something will go wrong. And um, it actually, <laughs> the other shoe did drop uh, when I was about 30 weeks, maybe more like 28 weeks, pregnant with Nora. And um, they uh, found that she was measuring smaller um than she should have been and I was just like okay well I'll just eat more (laughs) and they were like it doesn't really work like that um they were like not getting the nutrients um from the placenta like she should be 
So they were like, we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to have you come in for weekly checks. Um, so I went in, you know, had the band around my bump for about a half hour, uh, two times a week, just to make sure her heart rate was good, just to make sure, you know, she was still growing. And they just kept measuring her at every appointment to just see um, where she was at. She was small enough that they called it intrauterine growth restriction, which mm. basically means that for whatever reason, the baby's measuring smaller because it's just not able to get the nutrients the babies need while they're in there. Um, and it's just at a slower rate than what they should be getting. So, um, and how far along again, were you at this point? Oh gosh. Um, they discovered it at 28 weeks. Okay. They, they were like, it's enough time where it could resolve, you know, she could catch up, but we still want you to come in. So every couple, you know, I think at first it was every couple weeks I would go in and then, um, they started having me go in twice a week just to, just to make sure. And they did end up saying that, uh, because she was measuring smaller, they were going to induce me two weeks early. And honestly, I'm not going to lie at that point. I was just like, yes, just get her out yeah, as soon we'll as need possible. Her yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the reason that they do so many different checks is because after, you know, within a certain time frame, I think it, they say it's like 32 weeks on the longer that they're in there and growth restricted, the higher chance there is of um, risk of stillbirth. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. I'm like almost to the finish line, people. Like I have finally made it. And then you're telling me we got more problems. Like right. it just felt like hurdle after hurdle that I had to jump over. And I, I cannot tell you how thrilled I was at my last appointment when they were like, Yes, indeed. She is like 1% under what she like what you know, they would consider for like letting me go to 40 weeks. So they were like, we're going to induce you at 38 weeks, like, you know, pack your bag, get ready and you can come in next week. And I was just like, hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, also also at that point, you're just so big and you're yeah. so tired. Yeah, it was the it was July. I was like, I'm done. I'm out of this. <laughs> so. I was thrilled. Um, we went in and induction was really simple for me. Um, thankfully I did end up basically sitting around for about eight hours, like twiddling my thumbs. So it did take a while for, you know, the labor to actually kick in. But once it did, the same thing happened that it did with my son where it was very fast, very intense. And I knew there was, no time for anything. And that's, I think, the hardest part about precipitous breath is that it's so intense and so quick. Okay, I forgot that by about the time... that you're precipitous. <laughs> We're on yes, a time clock, right. people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but by the time that you're just like in so much pain mm. that you can no longer stand it, that's when it's like time it's, to push. It's too so late. You, yeah. You don't have time for like epidural. Mm -hmm. You don't have time for anything. So, but at that point, they were like, you know, if you want to, we can get you an epidural, but it might, it probably won't even kick in until after she's born. And I was like, yeah, no, not yeah. doing that. Yeah, so I was like, be here until no. you're, yeah. until she's here. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm pushing. And they were like, okay. So <laughs> my husband's like, you, you got this, you know, he's Aww. so supportive. Good cheerleader. And, and they like, you know, the nurse was amazing too. She was like, gosh, I think she was probably due like the next month. So she's like super pregnant too. Wow. She's holding my hand, like 
hold my leg and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, it wasn't her first That's a funny picture in my head. (laughs) Right? It wasn't her first child, but I just kept thinking like, gosh, she's probably like psyching herself out right now. Like, (laughs) oh God, I have to do this in a month. But no, they were You were inspiring to her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, one push, one push was all it took and she was out. I feel like I felt like Superwoman. I was like, you know, I remember like pushing with Evan, and again, I didn't have to push long with him either. But I was like, I think I could do it in one. Just keep going and don't <laughs> challenge. Accepted. Name that tune yeah. in one note. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it, and then she was out, and I felt like such relief. Oh my gosh, I I can't even begin to describe how much relief I had, and that's the funny thing is most people it's like, Oh gosh, you know, you're terrified once the kid gets here and you know, I'm a mom. I still get terrified all the time, but there's just something different about when you've had pregnancy loss and you know, women who've had stillbirths too. It's like when they're out and they're breathing and they're alive and they're in your arms, there's just really something special about that for, for people who've had hard times. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So did you deliver Fiona also? I did not. So um, because she passed early enough on, she was actually uh, absorbed by Nora and myself. So I love it because I know that she's got a little part of her in Nora and a little part Uh, in me still. I love that. Yeah. And Nora Nora has enough sass. I often know. (laughs) I'm like... This Double the has, sass. She has. She does. She's like, all right, it's, Fiona, I see you in there. It's incredible. Mom, that's not me. That's like, Fiona talking. Yes. Oh, gosh. It is something else. She's amazing, and she's beautiful, and she's just uh-huh. so perfect. But she she has an attitude, and it yeah. is times two. Yeah. She's got uh-huh. good leadership qualities, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I hear. There we go. So how did you name all of your babies? Like Alex and Taylor and Fiona. Alex and Taylor and Fiona. So (laughs) Alex is going to be kind of funny. I was watching uh, Stranger Things. (laughs) 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 It was season two of Stranger Things. And there was this Russian guy named Alexi. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that name. So it's actually Alexi, which is kind of weird. But I was like, you know, Alex, sure. Sure. <laughs> um Taylor just kind of came to me. I I saw a picture of her um you know they printed off pictures uh of her even though she was no longer alive. Mm-hmm. But I I had a little picture of her and I don't know, I just was like Taylor, it seems like it fits. Um you just know. And Fiona? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> true, you do. Fiona, I'd always loved the name Fiona. But then my husband was really not into it because we have seen Shameless and he was just like, she's a great character, but I'm just going to constantly think of her. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went Shrek. So, yeah. Yes. Or that Princess too. Yeah. Fiona. <laughs> um, and so I was like, well, is it okay if, if I name, you know, Nora's twin Fiona? And he was totally fine with that. So um, I've got my Fiona. And <laughs> Nora with the sass. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Nora, yeah, Nora, I just love, have always loved the name Nora, yeah. and there's no H, no H on the end. We decided not to do that, but uh, yeah, she's she's very sweet. Nora, no H. How is your husband's health right now? 
great. Um, really, really good. He goes in for scans every couple months, and so far everything has been great, um, which is amazing. And I was actually just telling him the other day, I was like, think about it. Like, you, from diagnosis to recurrence, is less time than it's been since your recurrence. So, wow. you know, it's a, it's really amazing. That's really great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you hear of Emma's Footprints? Um, I had a friend uh, refer me um and I, you know, she tagged me in one of your posts and I listened to the podcast and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I, again, I love talking about my losses. Um, I, I try to, to think positively of how I can, you know, help other women. Cause especially when I was like really in the thick of it, the thing that really got me through was hearing from other people who'd gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just having that unfortunate sisterhood was really helpful for me because you you also want to hear the positive stories that people get through it and they get their rainbow baby and you know even the ones the stories you'd hear where they didn't it's it's nice to feel it's not nice that people go through it but it's nice to feel like you're not alone yeah yes say it loud for the people in the back very powerful yeah. <laughs> um did you have any tools in Wisconsin? Did you find a grief therapist? Was there, is there a group there you joined or is Trisha just taking over Wisconsin by herself? Uh, I, um, and I can't believe I didn't say anything, you know, at all when I was talking about it, but my OB I had with Nora during that whole pregnancy, she is hands down the absolute best. Um, her name is Dr. Kristen Sharp and she runs the hope after loss clinic here in Madison. She started it because she herself went through a, uh, early term loss, uh, farther along than, um, you know, some people, but she ended up having to go through labor and delivery and she is so strong and amazing. Mm. And she has created this clinic for women who have had the same thing happen where she gets it. She knows how hard it is. She put up with my craziness. I would call her daily. And I was like, especially in the beginning, she's the only reason I got through the beginning of my pregnancy, I swear, because I'd call her up and I'd be like, can I please come in today just for like a Doppler check? And she'd be like, absolutely. You can come in whenever you want. And she, she put up with it, you know, I mean, in the first, the first few weeks, especially before you start to feel those little flutters. I, I was in there all the time. I was like, put me on the table. Let me hear it. Like I had to hear the heartbeat or I, I was just going to go crazy. It's it. Pregnancy is such a, a long time. It really is. It's yeah. like, yep. obviously nine months, but and after loss, it feels even more eight yes. times longer. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, um, I'm maybe hearing we need a field trip to Wisconsin. Yep. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> beep, beep. Get your permission <laughs> slip. That's right. Signed, Julie Swanson. Yes. That is phenomenal. They, uh, they also do um, this thing where even no matter how, you know, far along you were for your loss, they give you like a little grieving box almost where there were seeds in there that I could plant a flower in remembrance of my baby. There was a little um, rock in there that had been hand painted by, I don't remember, but it was some local group that they volunteer their time where they make things for these boxes so that women can go home with something. And 
also more information in there about uh, therapy and stuff. So it's amazing. Um, I I highly recommend it to anyone who's able to come to Wisconsin yeah. and, and get that because, yeah, the doctors there, the staff there, they were all just phenomenal. I love that. Yeah, we need some more of those around the country. We definitely do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, Trisha, thank you so much for reaching out and raising your hand to be on our podcast. It's very mm-hmm. brave of you. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for sharing Alex and Taylor and Fiona with us and Evan and Nora. <laughs> and um, a little bit about your husband's story too. We'll be thinking about you guys and praying for you guys. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's an honor. And we will, we like to hear follow-ups of our guests and, yeah. you know, reconnections. Maybe we'll come to Wisconsin or you can come to Erie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, So thanks for calling in, and listeners, thanks for tuning in again. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother.